Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder. And today with me, I have Tracy Enos. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. Now, Tracy is an endorsed top LinkedIn advisor, single mom of four. Well, those two together just probably make your life incredibly busy. And in July of 2015, she sustained the third degree burns, a six-day stint in the burn unit, five surgeries in nine months. All I can say is, wow, Tracy, that, that's just incredible. And she wrote her first article the following October and was actually featured by LinkedIn. And now she's gone on to generate five figures in just two hours of work. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Tracy, not only to hear your story, but to hear your expertise and and help us with LinkedIn today. Thank you, Kim, for having me. I'm excited to be here. So first of all, why don't you tell us your story? Because obviously you have been through a lot and I would love to hear about your journey to becoming this LinkedIn expert and writing your book. Okay. Well, I didn't start out to become a LinkedIn consultant. However, uh, out of necessity, it kind of came that way and a recommendation. But I started my journey into becoming a business owner after I was laid off twice in four years from corporate America. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I kind of had, you know, a side gig, like that's become really popular today, having a side hustle or a side gig, right? Well, I was already doing that. And um, I sat down with my sister who at the time had brain cancer and she was in her last few months of life. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Tracy, you already know what you're doing. You're doing it. She goes, just take the leap and start the business and start making money. Stop doing it for free. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. (laughs) Wise words. And so I did the following February. um, I made it official. And um, I went to every networking meeting, every BNI, every chamber meeting. I mean, it got expensive traveling, you know, several times a week, drinking a few glasses of wine, and I wasn't bringing in any business. And I had actually the, the last gig that or job, should I say, that I got laid off from was a job that I found on LinkedIn. And so, you know what, I had already been dabbling in LinkedIn, even while I was working for the job, uh, working at that job, because I did a lot of traveling. I'm like, you know, let's go to LinkedIn and see what I can do. And I started finding my clients in LinkedIn. And at the time, I was providing uh, digital marketing services, you know, like building websites, SEO, reputation management, you know, the Google Maps, that kind of jazz and stuff. So, um, and then I started finding clients all across the country. And then those clients are like, well, heck, if you're doing that, you know, finding us, can you do it for us too? 
So I got like other digital marketing agencies. I got high-end commercial roofers. I had salons. I had, I, I had a lot of clients coming through LinkedIn. And eventually I started getting clients overseas from that. But it wasn't until 2014, um, and I'm still providing all the local marketing services for them, right? So it wasn't until 2014 when I went to San Diego to a marketing conference, and I got chosen for a hot seat. So uh, four multimillionaires sitting up on on this stage, and I get up there, and they dissect my business in seven minutes. Ooh, it was harsh. know that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like they took a look at my website, my marketing, all that jazz, and they tore it apart. And their final words were, uh, start a consulting, LinkedIn consulting business, fire all your clients and write a book. Okay. Yeah. That's easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, for sure. Well, I attempted to write the book three times. <laughs> it just, yep. it just didn't work. And then when I was actually the last time, um, we were close getting ready to to launch it, and then LinkedIn pulled their publishing platform, and I did a book about LinkedIn publishing, and they got rid of LinkedIn Pulse. If any of you remember that, if you've been on LinkedIn as long as I have, so they pulled that I think in August of 2016. And then uh, I was like sunk. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, oh. the fo- <laughs> and the following year, um, I got an opportunity to go speak with Dan Kennedy um, in his hometown oh. of Cleveland. That is a huge wow. That yeah. is a huge wow. If and- you guys have not heard of Dan Kennedy before, he is like the probably the top marketing person in the world right now. Yeah, he's been around forever. Uh, marketing copywriting, that's his claim to fame. Uh, yeah. He's the guy behind a lot of those infomercials that we've seen at two or three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he wrote, wrote those, like the Guthy Rankers and, you know, all those. So, yeah, he's a very intelligent man. Very, very, very intelligent. Well, anyway, so I got an opportunity to go speak on bonus day. And it was an, it was the advanced day. So it was the last day of the conference. And um, I couldn't walk on stage and go, I'm a best-selling author when I don't have a book. <laughs> right? So I, um, what I did is I, I learned from one of the guys that was on the stage in 2014. He wrote a program called Published Profit. And so I bought it, spent nearly three grand on the thing. And I learned how to write my book. But I didn't have to write the whole thing. I promoted it got all the graphics done and I promoted it in Amazon or, and pre-sold it. And within 24, 36 hours, somewhere in there, became best-selling author in two countries. So now I'm an international best-selling author. So I knew that if I was going to get up on stage and say that this book is coming out because I'm still getting sales, I better publish the darn thing. <laughs> right? So I did. And I launched that book in February, uh, February 7th, I think, or 11th, somewhere in the first week or so, February of 2018. And as a best-selling author. And so that's my story of becoming an author. <laughs> it's a long one. There's a lot more behind the scenes stuff, but that is the, that's my cliff notes. So how did you end up with third degree burns? Tell us a little bit about that story. Well, I've had um, a love hate relationship with my weight. <laughs> and, <laughs> and back in, uh, back in the nineties, um, I attempted to become a fitness competitor and I never quite made it to stage anywhere between, you know, two weeks to two months out, something went wrong. I threw my back out. I had a shoulder injury. It was just one thing after another. So I never made it to stage. 
Um, and even after two kids, you know, I was in darn good shape and I've always had that inkling to get back to that. And I've gained weight, lost it all, gained weight, lost it. But I thought, you know what, I'm really going to try and make a, you know, a good run at this. And so I was a Tuesday, July 7th, Tuesday morning, five o'clock in the morning, I'm up making prep meals for the week. Now, most people do it like on a Sunday, but I just happened to have this idea I was going to start on Tuesday. And I had, uh, instead of brown rice, because you get bored with brown rice, I was making brown rice noodles. And so making enough and I poured too much water in my pot because I was the first time making the brown rice noodles. And once they were done, um, I was in yoga pants and my boyfriend's t-shirt, which was like, you know, um, a dress on me. (laughs) And I didn't want to burn my bare feet. And so I'm like probably six feet away from my sink. And I put the colander on top of dirty dishes that were in the sink instead of actually clearing out the sink and doing that, you know, and, um, because I didn't want to burn my feet and I saw that the water was starting to spill, I tried to make it to the sink and ended up happening that the pot hit the tip of the colander and the colander and the pot came all back on me. And as a matter of fact, you'd think that the third degree burns would hit my feet. No, it hit my left arm, my both my arms, my belly and my midsection, my, my girl area. And uh, what happened was the left arm from my armpit to my elbow over the course of a week developed about five inches and they had to go in and do emergency surgery because I got some bad advice from the um, from the ER. <laughs> Should have gone straight to the burn unit. They didn't send me there. They told me to wait on my primary care. Mm. And uh, yeah, so what could have been maybe a half dollar size third degree turned into five inches of third degree burns. Wow. So, Because they obviously didn't stop the burning. It didn't stop the burning. No, it just kept eating away at it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, unfortunately. So my PC got me in. She saw me that following Monday and she called the burn unit while I was still sitting there in her her office. And they got me in Tuesday morning and did my surgery Wednesday, cadaver skin. And then, uh, so it was on for 24 hours. And then I had the, the graft on that following Friday. So, and what they thought was going to be two or three days in the burn unit turned into six. Mm. So, yeah. So, (laughs) and I'm telling you, that is, you know, one of the hardest things to to do or to go through. Um, You know, and I, and I met some burn victims, you know, going up and down the elevator, they were long healed, but they showed me some of their heels and I'm stuff. I'm like, man, mine weren't even near what your guys' were. So, cause but it doesn't matter. I mean, I still went through depression. I still went through anxiety. Never had anxiety. Not like that. We all have some sort of anxiety in certain situations. Right? Like right before I got on stage, got a little anxiety. My hands were sweating. I thought I was going to vomit all over the place. But this was serious anxiety. Like I woke up in the middle of the night and I flipped a lid. Anxiety. Well, so anyway, basically post-traumatic stress. Yeah, I think, yeah, I I think you could probably say a little PTSD after that. And it didn't last just the week. It it was months, Mm -hmm. months and months. So, but the funny thing is, is while I'm sitting in the hospital third day in, I'm like doped up on morphine, lorazepam. I don't know what else they got me on there. They keep like altering, alternating the, the medicines. And third day in, I get a phone call. Don't answer your phone when you're drugged up. (laughs) 
So don't get drugged up, but then don't answer your phone when you're drugged up. Yeah. uh, (laughs) and, And morphine does stuff, different things to different people. And for me, it makes me laugh and say dumb things. And so I answered the phone and it happened to be a a fellow that I knew previously, but we had met at a conference, but had stayed in touch through LinkedIn and he'd seen my activity and the things that I was doing in LinkedIn. And he just happened to call just perfect timing, having the call. I'm in the hospital and I close a $3,000 coaching deal on morphine. (laughs) I don't recommend that. <laughs> that could have gone the other way. Could have gone real bad. <laughs> um, to this, I haven't asked Bill if he knew I was like high or not high, but <laughs> but it was because of the foundation that I had built prior to that traumatic accident that I was able to close a coaching deal. Trust me, when I was going through this, I didn't know how I was going to maintain my business. I really didn't, you know, I've got my left arm, you know, all bandaged up. I'd already had two surgeries and, you know, when you're going through some depression, I mean, onset depression was really quick. And then that anxiety and you've got your 15 year old son really taking care of you. And I mean, he did a fantastic job by the way. And it was, but then you felt guilty because he's taking care of you. Well, I had a boyfriend and he wasn't taking care of me. My son was taking care of me, which was really crazy, but um, neither here nor there. (laughs) I love my son. He's amazing. So you just don't know. You just don't know. So um, that kind of kept me afloat for a minute. And then LinkedIn rolled out their new publishing platform where they had these categories, they pulse categories. Um, and even had a calendar with a hashtag where they wanted that's, you know, this, you could uh, write articles based off of a topic that they created for the month. And I wrote on the topic, it was productivity. And in October, that following October of, I think it was 2015, um, I wrote an article, it took me two hours to write the article. And within a few days, that article went viral. Mm-hmm. Um, I got featured in LinkedIn Pulse for uh, LinkedIn Tips was the category. And it, that even, um, Google, even uh, a search engine, they, it was even, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. It was indexed. I'm sorry. In Google first page, first page of Google. And my article was above Richard Branson's. I was floored. That was awesome. Like my (laughs) article kicked Richard Branson's butt. Uh, That was really neat. And it stayed number one in Google for about a year, year and a half. On page one, it would bounce around here and there, but it stayed, um, it stayed there. And I got like over a thousand connection requests. I had like 1200 comments. It was really awesome. And that article netted me five figures in coaching, coaching fees for two hours worth of work. You know, I think from there, you know, my, my demeanor and my attitude and my mindset improved a little bit more and, uh, but I was still going through depression. Um, but it helped. I mean, and I was getting clients again and I was, you know, going through, I had uh, three more surgeries, a uh, course of, I was in a, a compression sleeve for a year and I had three more surgeries over that year. Um, and I gained like 60 pounds and I hibernated and I hid behind my screen and I wasn't on video and I had zoom back then, but I didn't, I mean, no one had to see me really in zoom. So I didn't show my face. <laughs> we just did coaching, you know, right. And that's how I survived. And I was just tired. And so I went to my primary care doctor and I said, 
here's what's going on. And she goes, you're clinically depressed. She goes, I'm going to write you a script for Wellbutrin. And then I'm going to give you um, a referral over to a, a psychiatrist because I can't prescribe lorazepam for you. You need to get on the anti-anxiety medicine. And I was like, okay. So here I thought she was going to give me some miracle cure. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're going to give me an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety. Okay. So I sat on that script for like a week and I didn't do anything with it. And I finally decided that I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And it took some, some gumption and it took a lot of internal speak. And within the next 18 months, I made more money in those following 18 months than I did the year prior. Awesome. So just, so just, I mean, and I'm not saying every day's rainbows, lollipops and unicorns, cause it's not, there's days that I still struggle. I still struggle to get in front of the camera and no one can see the burns, but I know they're there. Yes. You know, so that is awesome, Tracy. But I also want to make sure that we give you time to share because I know that you've come prepared with some juicy, delicious LinkedIn tips for us. And we're excited to hear them. Well, yes. So uh, LinkedIn is a wonderful platform, but it really mystifies a lot of folks still, even though they've been around since 2003. What I think really complicates things for a lot of people is the fact that LinkedIn has a lot of moving parts. And what people don't realize is that you don't need to, to do all those moving parts in order to use LinkedIn to make a great income. And trust me, I mean, Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, they're a lot easier to navigate and to work in than LinkedIn. LinkedIn has got a lot of stuff going on. And I don't mean just ads. I mean, you got sales navigator, you've got search, you've got keywords, you've got um, profiles, company pages, events, the newsfeed. I mean, the list goes on, right? <laughs> and so, um, but what I think most folks, they neglect is that foundation. It's the foundation that kept my head and business above water. Mm. And I mean, this, this foundation is important in any marketing, not just LinkedIn. So what you, the work that you do for your LinkedIn foundation is very applicable to any other marketing that you're doing, whether it's online or offline. So the one thing when I talk about foundation is really sitting down and defining who is your ideal prospect, that client, that customer, right? And this is what I learned from Dan Kennedy. And you can actually Google it, Dan Kennedy's um, demographic or psychographic questions. And there, there's, there's 10 questions and they really dive deep. In fact, I still use some of those questions in my coaching. And it really makes sense to really sit down and try to figure out who they are. Because when you're developing your profile, your messaging, your news, news feed content, your articles, you got to know what, what the problems, the pains, the desires that your customers and your clients have in order to develop that stuff, build relationships. A lot of times, you know, um, if you're going into a conversation in LinkedIn I kind of already know what a life coach is having an issue with in LinkedIn. Maybe not everywhere else, but what's the problem? Well, a lot of the time is I don't have time and I'm not connecting with the right people. And, you know, I, I know what those pain points are. So I'm going into a conversation already knowing in the back of my head that I can help them. And that's because of that foundation work uh, that we've done. So we define the psychographics and the demographics. 
we brainstorm keywords and LinkedIn is one big search engine. So you got to think like your prospect. Yep. What are they typing in to LinkedIn to find solutions, products or services that are solutions to their problems or their biggest desires? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's incredibly important. But also those keywords are going to be um, placed in sections within your profile. So it's going to help you get profile visibility and in, in, organically, you're not always having to be the one doing the out, the direct outreach, right? You want to get found organically. So we got to take those few best keywords and put them in the profile. Yes. Okay. Um, now, where in the profile? Um, there's, um, I think almost every section, if you got at least one, two or three keywords and keywords don't mean just one word. We're talking like, for example, um, I'll give you one long tail keyword that can turn into four keywords, social media marketing. So that's social media marketing is three words, right? And I can turn in this in. So that's one. We could do social marketing makes two, marketing makes three, and social media makes four. Mm-hmm. So you could spin that different ways in there. So let's just assume that you, um, your business is helping businesses with their social media marketing, right? So where would you first put that? You would put that in your headline. Yes. Right? Instead of the, I am the founder, owner, CEO. Blah, 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 blah. Who cares about your title? Only you care about your title. (laughs) (laughs) They just care about, can you help me? Right? What results can I expect to working with you? So you want to, your headline should be a benefit statement and you should have your keywords in there. Definitely. Okay. Second place, and this is an advanced tip, most people don't know this, that we do, is your contact info. Mm. And you get an opportunity to um, have three websites. And the key here is everybody else puts personal website, company site, blog, blah, 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 yuck. Go to the drop down and choose other. And from there, you have 30 characters that you can type in your keyword. Right there. So you could do social media marketing and then wherever you want to, whatever web page you want to direct them to, you get three of those in there. Then you should have your keywords in your about section. Most yeah. definitely. Absolutely. But, you know, don't keyword stuff. That's what people used to do in the beginning with LinkedIn. They would keyword stuff. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I did it too. I'm guilty. <laughs> but yeah, like you want it to, you want it to sound good. Like it, it's right. You want the quality of the writing to be the quality of the writing instead of saying like, and I still see some of my colleagues doing that. Some of my competitors, LinkedIn marketing, LinkedIn profile makers, LinkedIn lead generation, and they're using the word LinkedIn over and over and over and over again. How many times do you really need that? You don't. And then the featured section. So what's cool about the featured section is. Like say, for example, you want to upload um, a YouTube video or Vimeo. Well, LinkedIn is going to auto-populate the description and the title, but you don't have to because a lot of people don't optimize their titles and their descriptions in their videos. So what you can do is you can actually go in there and edit your title and description in there. Mm -hmm. Use your keywords if it's relevant. After that, your work experience. Um, Most definitely in the headline of the work experience. And this is where everybody's going to put their title again. XYZ. Now, I, I don't mind putting my title in there, but I always have my benefit statement first. This is how we use a little bit of copywriting. Things that I learned from Dan Kennedy, other copywriters, and other bigwig marketers, right? So we take a little what we've learned outside of, of LinkedIn 
and we push the resume aside and we are now trying to speak to our ideal customer or client by using some copywriting tricks um, and doing benefit um, and results headlines. And then if you have some room, go ahead and put your title. Yeah. And then, of course, in the description of, you know, the work experience. And then here's some other places that I like. If it's absolutely, if it's relevant, um, publications, mm-hmm. uh, projects. Um, a lot of people put like their projects that are like outside of what they're currently doing. Here's what I like to do with projects. Here's how we reverse engineer them. And here's a big tip. Any other projects projects that you are currently working on or have worked on that you're particularly proud of? that is in your current business or your current focus for using LinkedIn, describe it in a story. So this is, again, we're back to Dan Kennedy. So you're going to take that headline and use a benefit statement or what it was that you did for this particular client. Okay. And then you're going to tell a story. How's it that you found the client? What was, what was going on with them? That was the problem. If they didn't get that problem solved, what could have happened to them? agitate that problem and then what was the solution that you gave them now by doing that you can also highlight because the project section is bundled in with accomplishments you can go all the way back to your about section and direct people to go down to your projects to see some of the successful stories that you've had that's what we like to do wow that's that's a huge tip right there Cool. That's amazing. I've never heard that one before. I know because we're the ones doing it. (laughs) Well, Tracy, that is amazing. And we're just pretty well out of time. So can you just like in, in a minute or two, can you tell me about writing your book and what were some of the results that you saw from it? Um, writing my book. Well, when I make the, when I made the decision to, um, pre-sell it, Amazon says, you have a certain date to publish it. Well, I missed that date and I got a 30-day extension. And then I wrote my butt off for 32 days straight. So I had to work with clients because when I went to the event, I sold clients. So I had onboarding clients and then I spent nearly four hours a day for 32 days straight. Don't recommend anybody doing that, by the way. My butt was sore. So for 32 days straight and then I published it and um, it, it, it did an amazing, it did amazing things for me because of that book. Um, I scheduled 25 more speaking gigs and podcast interviews, which in 2018 alone, which was responsible for additional 25% more of my income that I didn't have to spend any marketing dollars or time. Um, and of course all those, I mean, I was doing podcasts in Holland, the UK, and I was getting clients in Holland, the UK, and Israel, and Australia, just from these podcasts, just from people listening to the podcast, they would go grab the book. Um, and then, of course, all my information's in there. They would connect with me on LinkedIn. And then, we'd, you know, then we'd have a conversation and, and, you know, start working with them. So that's what it did for me. And even though the book is a little out of date, which we are going to be rewriting it this summer with all the new fun uh, publishing updates and content stuff that LinkedIn has now, um, I'm still making money from the book. I'm still making royalties, which, you know, we know that royalties aren't going to make you rich unless you're a New York Times bestseller, but um, I'm making money. I just had a guy uh, message me on LinkedIn yesterday and said, I bought your book and I wrote my first article because of your book. And that's pretty cool. I love that. And this is what, three years later? I think that's great. 
So Tracy, if people have really enjoyed what they've heard today, how can they get a hold of you and find out more about what you do? Do you have any free giveaways? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Kim, I would like to invite them to come and connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, And it's Tracy Enos, E-N-O-S. Enos. Thank you. Enos. Yeah. So Dukes of Hazard fans, remember Enos from Dukes of Hazard? That's easy to remember. (laughs) Um, And I'm the only Tracy Enos that I remember. I was the first Tracy Enos on LinkedIn, and I think the only one still with a photo. And they can also get my giveaway. It's my uh, 23-point checklist, profile checklist. And a copy of a PDF copy of my book. You don't have to go buy it. And you can go to linkedintopublishing.com. Linkedintopublishing.com. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. I have so enjoyed this conversation and the wonderful expert advice that you have shared. So I'm probably going to say this wrong again, but this has been Tracy... Enos. Enos. Okay. And Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.